Get Certified Together program is created by Technocofe, your free online knowledge sharing website, based out in London. We might have to put a lot of effort in this. Now, to begin with, first we have to understand about any development irrespective of cloud or traditional, what it is, what are different phases of application development and what things normally someone takes care of when they are planning to deploy a new application or they want to create something. Of course, we first have to discuss about the stakeholders of the app. Every application have an end user, every application have developers. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Get Certified Together series. This is episode number 36 I am recording today and if you recall we have wrapped up domain 3 in the last week episode. So we are almost there. Total there there are 6 domains in the syllabus and we have already wrapped up 3. So by simple mathematics we have done 50% of the course. Halfway there we are in parallel have started discussing about uh, how we can be IC Square member, how we can register for the exam, creating a Pearson view registration all those things are also started now i myself haven't registered for the exam yet because i i'm still waiting for domain 4 to finish and then i can be having kind of like a better idea when i can register for the exam if you want if you are those kind of person who needs some kind of like target date so that you can you can be in this kind of mindset that i'll be taking exam on this particular date so i have to study more harder for that then of course feel free to register for the exam and feel free to follow other sources learn from other maybe documents or books or or other podcast or other udemy courses anywhere you can find more sources and if you are confident enough that you can take the exam in, in another two months then just go for it register for the date and start doing for it i myself haven't registered for it because after finishing everything we will be having kind of like a like a brief overview of whatever we have covered till now all the things from domain one to domain six again kind of like a revision sessions we'll be having and then of course 
I am planning to have some kind of like practice questions session as well, where I'll be going through with some of the questions from each domain and what kind of answers should be coming for that. So we can have some kind of idea. Of course, you cannot have full discussion on the questions or uh, what kind of scenarios will be coming in the exam because those are those are the kind of thing where you need a video kind of format but because we are doing a podcast recording so i cannot really show that this is the question and we are not we are we normally don't have a live session so we can have kind of questionnaire and answers session together it's really tough but something i will plan in some way we can have discussion on related to questionnaires as well but of course in background i will be going through some good practice exam questions if i may i have to buy something from somewhere as well but because you really want to understand from actual exam perspective what really what kind of questions are coming in the exam and that's why i will not register for the exam as of now because i have to think over and plan what should i be covering in the next two months once all the domains are finished how i'll be revising everything and how i can practice how i can find a good source of uh, examination questions so i can practice on them and can have an idea what kind of things will be expected in the exam of course you cannot find everything as it is because uh, everyone have this kind of like nda signed up whenever someone takes exam so of course i you cannot find really a kind of questionnaire dump or the question answer someone have recorded something and you can find it as it is what comes in the exam but some kind of idea we can have by buying some kind of like official exam preparation books or official practice questionnaires there are a lot of sources trust me i have started looking into them and if i buy something or if i enroll in something i will let you guys know so you can do that as well from your side that's of course from ccsp side the preparation of the exam on personal front finally epl is back so i was watching the game last night united somehow they won the game but i'm not really sure what's happening with that team because to be honest i was expecting much better i i know i i was not expecting that high standard right away because it's just season 2 with a new manager in the reins and but you you want something something different you want at least some kind of effort and it was completely they were in shambles and somehow they win but i'm not really sure and I was really excited for the game which is coming on next Saturday against Spurs but the way game happened last night my whole expectations and my whole excitement seems to be getting lower and lower because I'm not really sure what's going to happen that day because this is kind of like our best team which was playing yesterday and somehow they were still struggling somehow they were still giving away the ball they were not able to keep the possession when you're supposed to spread on the pitch when you're supposed to go from the winger side they were trying to go from the center and when when you were supposed to pass ball to your striker in the center they were going on the wing so i'm not really sure what was happening that day and hopefully by next week it's almost there another 5 days you are playing with a better team so i can just hope that they will play in a better way but i'm not really sure Another thing which is going round these days is about Mason Greenwood situation. So if you're not aware of that situation, so there was a good footballer, a young player from from United and he was abusing someone, his own presumably girlfriend and it was released on social media. There was a lot lot of things going on. It was a official trial from the government side and somehow that trial didn't give any result because 
person who accused him have taken the case back and now it's completely mess because this guy is is in kind of this situation where he haven't cleared his name and club is not ready to make him play and uh, of course everyone is uh, they they don't want to ruin their reputation by associating with him from my side means i cannot put myself in this kind of like high moral ground situation and cannot guide what should be there or cannot provide a good judgment on this but what i feel is because this whole situation started with social media because something was leaked on social media something was publicly announced in front of everyone that this guy is is abusing someone that someone is now his wife and they have a kid also so only only best situation is they all have to come together again on the public level they have to come up together in the social media and just tell them that everything how how this thing started and how this thing is uh, different now or what they have done differently this time that they are still together and somehow just clear the mess around your around this whole situation yourself and then then let other people judge you or then let other people talk about you because without that everyone is just making their own judgment and it's getting messier and messier I means I, i like him as a player of course i don't like what he did in his personal life but i also don't like the situation where everyone is passing their judgment so we have this kind of a group which is saying we will not support him when he will be back in the pitch there is another group which is saying okay he is young and maybe he made some mistake we'll give him another chance i'm not in either of group i just want him to come together with his family and just clear everything uh, just put on the table what you did that time and what you're doing differently this time and then let people decide and then only we can make kind of have a better judgment on the case but it's, of course it's getting messier and messier all right moving on to ccsp because mason grunwood is not giving ccsp we are the one giving ccsp so we want to be cloud security professional we are not football professional let's begin our today's episode and before today's episode of course let's have a, a short quick break Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See betmgm.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 7 days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington DC. right let's start with today's topic so we are covering domain 3 we are starting domain 3 now which is cloud application security now i like i mentioned last time as well that i am from cloud infra background i have heard about lot of things related to app security or cloud application or any application sort of how they really deployed how how different team work together what kind of system design is created for onboarding an application but i haven't deployed anything myself on a production level of course i have done a lot of testing so i'm not a cloud application or any application guy i am an infra guy so this topic will be different for me will be bit tough for me as well and uh, maybe if you are from the same background like i am then maybe it will be different or difficult for you as well so uh, we might have to put a lot of effort in this 
Now, to begin with, first we have to understand about any development, irrespective of cloud or traditional, what it is, what are different phases of application development and what things normally someone takes care of when they are planning to deploy a new application or they are going to create something. Of course, we first have to discuss about the stakeholders of the app. Every application have an end user. Every application have developers who are developing that application. There is another stakeholder, which is management, which drives the whole project and which uh, someone from maybe from project management side who takes the input and give the input to the developers. And then those developers develop according to that requirement. Of course, someone is there from the infra side as well, because those applications or those test environment on top of each application is being created are running somewhere. So they are created either on-prem or traditional data center or maybe in the cloud. So someone from infra side will be there to create that environment for the developers because developers, they may be aware of a bit about virtual machines or Kubernetes cluster a bit. They are not aware that much about what they really care about is their application, application code, how their application should look like, what are different components or different source code from which they are sourcing everything, what is the compatibility between different components of their application. But everything on that layer, nothing related to where that application is running or what kind of platform on top of which it's deployed. They don't care about that. And that's that makes it more and more messier situation then because now we have lot of people who know lot things about application but they don't know much about the platform side and then you have platform guys who know and who have a good idea about platform itself but they don't really care or they don't really know about the application perspective so maybe for example some sometimes security guys they can come and block some particular port which is actually relevant for the application to work properly so then this there is kind of like clash between these two teams where one team is asking for something and another thing don't know the criticality of the situation but again there are a lot of stakeholders in terms of cloud development and cloud application development and first and foremost, these stakeholders or everyone may not be aware about the situation which other guys or other team is facing. So first and foremost is awareness and training. Developers have to understand that they are now running everything on the cloud. Their application, although from their side, it's still same source code. They are still having some kind of repository, which they used to have in traditional data center as well. They are running some kind of CI CD pipeline, their own methodologies, agile or waterfall, whatever it is, they have to understand that they are running everything on the cloud and things are a bit different now. Resources, although are infinite means you can run a lot of things, but they are costing a lot of money as well because everything is in the cloud. You have to ensure that your data, which you are putting on the cloud is encrypted. You are not just putting randomly the things because now security is not in really in your hands. You have shared responsibility model and someone in your organization who is managing that infra, who is managing that platform is accountable for making or keeping the things secure on the cloud. And if you are from the application side, if you are a developer, you have to kind of like complement those guys. You have to work together with that team so you can create a secure environment. You cannot simply work like you used to do in, in traditional world or in traditional data center. That's why it's really important to have kind of this training and awareness program where everyone is made aware of the other teams or other person's situation. And this responsibility or this shared responsibility, which I mentioned, vary, of course, based on the deployment model you are having. For example, if you are creating something on top of infra as a service, then 
who is managing that EC2 instance patching. Because if I am from platform side or I am from infra side, I created one EC2 instance for you, for application team to run their test code or to deploy their application. But who is owning that host operating system, that OS, which is used for instance, that again comes in kind of like a gray area, who is managing that? Because I, if I am from platform side, I can simply say, because I created this for you as an end user to application team, you should take care of it. And they from their side can mention that because they are the application owner, they don't really care about what's running on infra. So you take care of it. So that's why it, based on different requirements, based on different type of service model, things really vary from who owns what and who is actually taking ownership of what kind of security. Another key component related to this whole cloud development is APIs. Now, APIs are nothing but they are programming interface. You are using those API to request something from an end system. So it's kind of like you're sending a message, a request message to an end system about some information. And based on that message, whatever should be coming in the reply, will you will get in the reply. It's pretty simple. Of course, it's going kind of like a two-fro motion between end system and the client. But in terms of cloud, it's a bit complicated because now you're sending all the API requests onto the internet using maybe cloud APIs, using maybe your own application APIs, which are running on the cloud. Those must be authenticated. Those must be secured as well. You should be having some kind of like authentication mechanism, short-term tokens or some bearer authentication. Some mechanisms should be there because you cannot just simply send API request to an end system and then that end system reply you right away. You should have to prove somehow that you are the right person, you are the right client to ask that information. And that's why API security is not that relevant before, but in terms of cloud, when everything is on the internet and every component, every system is talking on the APIs, it's really getting complicated and really one of the key topic when we discuss about application security. Another thing is back to the our age old, most important component which is data now data should be encrypted we all know data should be always encrypted even though it's in rest or it's in motion again it's kind of like thing which was not that relevant before because everything was on your own traditional data center now in cloud everything is on the cloud so you have to make sure that data which is coming from your application to maybe your client server or maybe your end users that data is also encrypted so Anyone who is trying to eavesdrop cannot do that because you are keeping everything encrypted and you are keeping everything secure. Another thing is who is handling that key? Now, you remember we discussed about key management system, the public key infrastructure. Those all things comes into play when someone wants to secure their keys and those keys which are used for encryption need to be secured as well. So far, so good. Application can be created on the cloud. We have to make ourselves aware of the differences we have to make ourselves and our other team members aware of what kind of challenges we have and what's different in the cloud it's good to go not really because we have some pitfalls as well what could be those what could be those challenges when we are trying to migrate or when we are trying to put an application onto the cloud let's discuss some of them first and foremost not all applications are cloud ready just understand every application you cannot put on the cloud if you are running something onto the traditional data center, you cannot just simply take it and put it on the cloud. Now, there is a big misconception that everything you can run onto traditional data center can be run on the cloud as well. All those companies which sell their offerings in terms of like, we have this application, you can run on the cloud, you can run on your own data center, you can run anywhere. Trust me, they have done a lot of testing before they claim this. 
you cannot do it right away with your existing source code and you put it on the cloud because not all the components may run in the cloud first even if they are running they might require more number of resources because there will be a lot of to and fro api calls between the system maybe your source code which you are using for the for running application on the cloud is resource intensive and it really need more processing power which even though you can run on the cloud it will be really expensive for your team to run on the cloud there can be a lot of challenges and straight away if you understand in simpler terms not all applications you can run on the cloud at least cannot run right away you have to do lot of changes maybe you have to break your existing application into multiple different microservices which is a different topic altogether but again you have to do lot of fine tuning you cannot just lift and shift and move everything onto the cloud another challenge is documentation now documentation itself is a big topic every organization try to keep everything more and more documented whether the applications designs which are created for that traditional data center or for their private cloud or anything created for public cloud still sometime we miss something and it's not really that it's problem within private organization itself sometime even those official documentation from for example aws or azure they are also not complete enough and trust me because i am also working in cloud infra side a lot of time this thing happen when we try to find something on aws documentation and it's really not there and then you have to go on and search all those google articles or some kind of blog post and you have to find the solution if someone faced the similar problem how they resolve it because documentation is still not enough and that's one of the challenge with the cloud as well because even though you are ready to put your application onto the cloud maybe you need to understand more about different services and different components and for that you don't have proper official documentation or proper official guidelines and another big challenge is of course multi tenancy because remember cloud provide multi tenancy you have different customer using the same number of resources using the same shared resources now this brings two issues first is resources maybe you are although you are using over subscription maybe at any worst situation you will lose your resources because there are a lot of things running onto the same server and somehow your application is also requiring those resources and you can have this kind of resource crunch i will not say it's rare but it can happen another thing is security of course if you are putting and running everything together onto the same server using virtualization how you keeping everything isolated how you keeping everything onto their own segment so that there is no overlapping there is no kind of like client data shared between the two virtual machines which belong to a different customer so multi tenancy is another challenge or another risk associated with cloud now these are are kind of like stumbling blocks which you may encounter when you are putting in anything or even if you are planning to put anything onto the cloud we have to think over some kind of vulnerabilities as well cloud application itself have some vulnerabilities right away and those vulnerabilities are directly matched with owasp web application vulnerabilities so remember i'm not really sure was it in ccsp or comptia but somewhere we learned about top 10 owasp vulnerabilities we have to discuss them again here because they are directly related to applications which are deployed on the cloud because those are if you can understand by now those are web application they are accessed by internet so those vulnerabilities directly correlate let me brief out all those 10 again so we can have kind of like revision or we can have kind of like summary again what those are first is of course related to injection which is sending any command or any query to your end application and somehow your end application respond to that query even though that query is not by actual user but some kind of like 
malicious intent attacker is trying to send that injection query and still your application is responding to that. One of the easy example is SQL injection where someone send SQL command to your application and your application actually respond to that SQL query, which is supposed to not happen. That's one of the first, which is injection. Second is authentication. If your authentication is broken, your passwords are leaked or your application is, even though you are putting wrong password, your application is allowing you to go inside pretty straightforward. Third is cross-site crypting, which means you directly open some kind of like mail or some kind of attachment, which have malware inside. And due to that malware, now your whole browser session, which you are using is hacked and attacker can directly see what you're doing onto your browser. So that's cross-site scripting. Another is direct object reference. If someone have written their code and that code is directly referencing the objects in the backend, maybe it's directly referencing username, password, or maybe it's directly referencing the actual file name, which is being stored in the backend storage. Those kind of direct object reference is another challenge or another vulnerability. Of course, misconfiguration, which directly mean that code or the operating system on which you are putting your application or you're writing your code is not hardened, is running some kind of maybe old patches, some kind of open ports, which you don't bother to check initially. And those are all part of kind of like a security misconfiguration where you're misconfiguring anything on the host OS or on your application itself. One more thing is access control between the components. Now I discuss about authentication mechanism, broken authentication of your application. Some user is putting wrong credential and still getting access to the application. Something similar applies to service accounts as well. Now service account is different from user account because service account is used by services or application components to authenticate between two different components. Maybe your database is getting authenticated or maybe your front end is talking to back end on some kind of authentication mechanism. If that is broken as well, that's another challenge because if someone is getting hold somehow to your front end, your whole back door is open. Everything you can access once you hack that front end. So even if your front end is broken, you still should not be able to reach your backend without having some kind of additional authentication as well. So that's another level of layer. Just like cross-site scripting, we have cross-site request forgery as well, where something similar is happening. But instead of someone hacking and checking your whole browser session, in this someone will hack and using your system or using your hacked session, they will send requests to application to which they want to attack. So if I am a user, my system is hacked and my whole session is now controlled by someone else, they can use my system to send requests to a genuine application. And if something goes wrong, people will catch me because it happened from my system. So I was the one who is sending the request. So just understand from these two words, request forgery. So I am sending a forged request from someone else's system to end application and if something goes wrong or if something happened if somehow someone detects that something bad is happening they will catch the system from which that request originated and of course last but not least source code now source code vulnerability is something which is quite common these days because of open source we are using lot and lot of things from different sources Sometimes those sources can be trustworthy. Remember, I discussed about marketplace where you can find genuine images from AWS and which can save us from doing anything ourselves. We have kind of like recognized images from AWS itself. Something similar is here. 
when you are writing your application code, you might be using lot of sources in backend to have some kind of components, some kind of processes, some kind of binaries. Maybe they all are not coming from a trustworthy source. Or even if they are coming from a trustworthy source, maybe you are using the older version. So if you go to their actual repository, maybe they have written there that don't use any version older than that because we don't support that or there might be some bugs in that particular version but somehow you as application user you know that the particular older version was working absolutely fine you don't want to risk breaking down your application by moving to a new version so you keep on using the old version of that particular component that single component and that single component can lead to kind of like backdoor to your whole application the vulnerability or the bug which is in that particular components version so what kind of source code you are using and in that source code the all the components which you are using are they updated as well? Are they part of latest version? Are they coming from trustworthy source? That's one of the vulnerability with the cloud as well or any application to be fair. Now, this is not part of uh, whole CCSP syllabus, but I found these really good informative lines. What is the core of app security? First is identify. You need to identify what kind of application you are running and those application, what kind of components they have, what, what they are doing, who are the end users, everything. Then you try to protect them. Try to protect them using all these strategies of putting in place uh, behind firewall, having all the strategies related to vulnerability scans and always checking your application, who are the end user, whether you have all the IEM policies, both for user level as well as service accounts. So you put in place everything to protect that application. Now protection itself is not enough. You somehow someday will surely be attacked upon. Then it comes to detection, where you will be able to detect any kind of intrusion right away. Any kind of issue which is happening in, into your application should be detected right away. And of course, after detection, it's all upon responding on time, responding with all the all the firearms in your hand. All team members should be called upon and you should be able to respond on time without delay if some application is really detected that there is some malicious thing going on inside that application. Once you respond to that, you have to recover. So you have to recover from whatever happened. You need to recover and bring it back to normal. I think these are relevant for everything, to be fair. They can be relevant for application. They can be relevant for infra as well. This is how security works. So you need to identify. You need to protect. You need to detect. You need to respond and recover. And we finish topic number one of domain four by discussing about these vulnerabilities. Let's move on to the next topic, which is quite short and that's why i wanted to cover it right away itself in this episode because although this is getting a bit longer but we still have some time now in the next topic we discuss about business requirement and different phases of software development life cycle now business requirement is pretty straightforward someone comes in with some idea or uh, someone from from the management side or someone from even from project side they thought that this is something our organization can also do if we develop some application around this maybe they have an existing application as well and they want to enhance that with more features and more use cases so all these different business requirements can drive a software development life cycle and i don't really think that this is particular thing we as a cloud security architect or as a CCSP, we should be really concerned about what were the business requirement. Of course, we need it because you need to understand kind of like context why this application was deployed at first place. But that's it. That's the whole idea behind business requirement. After that business requirement, what are different phases of software development lifecycle? Now, that's the key. That's the thing which we have to understand as 
any end user or as any cloud guy or infra guy or security guy, developer guy, everyone should be aware of this software development lifecycle. It starts with defining or definition. Now, define is, is part of like gathering all the business requirement, gathering all the input from everywhere that what we what we are trying to achieve, what we are trying to do, what kind of benefits it will be having. Is it really worth to put in effort in this particular thing? It all comes part of like defining the whole context, defining the whole cycle. After definition, you have to design that. Now, designing phase itself doesn't cover the technical aspects yet. Of course, you have to think from kind of like an overview perspective that my application will have some kind of like front end. This front end will have this kind of view. In the back end, it may use database. I'm not really sure it, what kind of database it will use. It can be relational, non-relational, but it will have some kind of database. So all these generic scenario you have to take in consideration while designing your application what kind of high availability you want will this application will be hosted in different data center or different locations so you kind of have like different level of redundancy how end users will be able to access it will they be opening this application onto their laptop onto their browser onto their mobile app a lot of things you have to consider but everything you which we are discussing as of now it's coming kind of like overall picture of the design of the whole application Third stage, which actually deals with the technical part is development, where you really write the code of everything, where you decide upon particular scenario, particular component, and you decide upon what language or what kind of uh, methodology you will be using for that component or that application. And just simply do the real deployment, just do the real coding and do the real uh, integration activities. Everything will be in this development phase. After development, of course, there will be testing. So you have to test with, uh, maybe you have to do some kind of chaos testing where you will be breaking your application and see how easily to recover it. You do some kind of load testing where you bring in sample load into your application, see the performance and test out whether your application is able to scale out according to the requirement. All these things will be covered under this testing phase. After testing is operations where you really operate your application day to day. You add in more features according to more requirement or more user feedbacks more stories and you just really operate that you just really keep it patched keep it up to date make sure that any kind of new version if it's there for any component you upgrade that component do and maintain it day to day now last is disposal which is sometime it's not discussed ev everywhere but disposal is also critical because maybe you are you move to a different business maybe your organization is uh, moving to a different idea and they don't really want to keep that additional overhead of keeping that application up and running just dispose it delete everything related to that clean up everything all the database all the source codes clean up all the repositories remove all the documentation just wipe it off because you're not maintaining it. You're not owning that application. It's bad to keep one application up and running and in the public if that application is not maintained in the backend. You're kind of like doing something wrong if you are keeping one application there in the cloud or there in your data center, but no one is maintaining that. It's, it's wrong because if something goes wrong with that application, it's quite tough to define ownership because you as an organization don't hold the responsibility. You are not owning that. So disposal is another key thing. Always keep in mind if you are discussing about software development lifecycle. All right, I think we have covered a lot of things today. For next week's episode, I'll be covering how we can apply security standards to this software development lifecycle and a lot of cloud specific risks as well, because some of the risk or some of the vulnerabilities 
or some of the threats which were there part of traditional data center are still there if we move to the cloud but there are a lot of risk which came because we moved to the cloud and we have to understand that as well because what we are trying to understand is cloud specific security risks and how someone from cloud security architect side can resolve that or can make sure that they are being taken care of this is as part of ccsp so we have to understand those cloud specific risks as well which may not be relevant before but are relevant now so those are all things we'll cover in the next week episode now last thing to announce i have started a study group for cissp as well of course i don't want to barge that right away here because we are more concerned about ccsp in this podcast so i am not putting anything and maybe creating a new episode for cissp right away but i am keeping those recordings which i am doing as part of my another friend who is all the way in australia and we somehow are maintaining this different time zones so uh, but we have started this weekly discussion on cissp as well he was more interested in doing that and because i am already halfway through ccsp i thought maybe in parallel i can start something for cissp as well this is just a heads up i am keeping those recordings and once we wrap up ccsp we will move into that and i will start making those uh, videos and those audio public and they will be i will think over maybe they will come in kind of like season two of get certified together i'm not really sure but i am keeping everything in my laptop as of now and i will start publishing them once we are done and dusted with ccsp so our first target is ccsp don't worry i'm not losing that we'll be catching up in the next week episode and just stay tuned and goodbye and good luck thank you for listening to get certified together If you loved our content, then please like and subscribe from your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss the notification for our next episodes and announcements.